Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. You might like to join into our conversation today. You might have your own thoughts, your own insight as to what's happening spiritually here in Australia. But an opportunity today to check something of the spiritual pulse of Australia and more broadly into the Pacific With Australia's best-known and most-loved evangelist, Bill Newman has been treading the boards as an evangelist for more than 40 years, both here in Australia and overseas. He's no stranger to stadiums full of people eager to hear the timeless gospel message. He's just back from a successful campaign in Fiji, and this weekend he's headed to Tasmania. Bill Newman's Come Together uh, celebration in conjunction with local church leaders at Camp Clayton in Alveston in Tasmania. So what is the spiritual openness of Australia like today compared to 20 or 30 years ago? A heart-to-heart conversation with our best-known international evangelist and your opportunity to join in our conversation, Bill Newman, a special welcome back to 2020. Well, it's great to be with you, Neil. Really appreciate the opportunity of sharing. Hey, Bill, just back from Fiji. Uh, How was the campaign in Fiji? Uh, It was great. It really was. We had a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We had a Dan Warlow that worked with the children in the schools. We reached thousands of kids that way. And every night we had people coming. We got buses and we bussed them in from different places. And uh, the the stadium was filled night by night as well, especially the the last night. And it was just uh, really packed out then. But so many made decisions for the Lord Jesus Christ. I think up there, and I try to sort of, you know, there's a lot of nominal Christianity because, you know, you had the, the churches down through the years and uh, we're trying to get over that it's it's not religion, it's a relationship with a person, our Lord Jesus Christ. So we had a great time, Neil, and thank the Lord for that. It was, it was marvellous. And uh, But before that, this is interesting, we're up at Mount Me, that's just behind Caboolture, and there's a church up there, great people, and they put on this beautiful meal for all the fruit pickers in the area. And they packed out that place, and we saw so many of those fruit pickers coming to the Lord. So we've had some great opportunities recently. And, you know, I think listeners would be interested to know what happens in a community like Mount Me. And uh, some might say, well, that's not a very significant community. But when you've got church leaders working together and they say, we're going to have a combined evangelistic outreach event, I think we'll invite Bill Newman. When that happens... You can fill not only large buildings, but um, stadiums. True maturity doesn't mean to say we see eye to eye, but we can walk arm in arm. 
And if we can keep it to the simple essence of the gospel, then I, I think we can in, see incredible things uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you were to put all the Christians in Australia together, we'd outnumber all the political parties and everybody else, you see. The key is uh, working together. And I think uh, our Lord Jesus Christ is still praying that prayer in John 17. Father, might be one even as we are one. So, you know, okay, we've got differences. God's not a cookie-cutting God. You know, we've got to, you know, some can be, you know, enthusiastic and some a little bit quieter. But, you know, we can join together and, and reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate objective. And there's a level of humility in there, mm. isn't there? Yeah. Because oftentimes, no doubt, uh, when someone's hatching the plan, oh, I think we're going to invite Bill Newman and we're going to have a, you know, we're going to have some sort of special campaign. Uh, somehow rather that's happening probably at a minister's fraternal level. You know, you've got uh, ministers who are friends with each other. Uh, the different flavours, different denominations, mm-hmm. but they respect one another's differences and yeah. they're supporting the work that they're doing in their church communities. And uh, they say, let's do something that does unify our churches mm-hmm. and our community. And that's partly what happens when something like a, a you know a Bill Newman campaign comes together. When, when I was, uh, I left Fiji, jumped on a plane, flew to Sydney, Singapore, London, Istanbul, Moldova, and uh, joined Will Graham. And uh, we had an incredible time in Moldova. It was fantastic. You know, they, there's, there were over 900 churches in Moldova, because they're only small churches, but they all came together. And in the stadium there, we just saw thousands of people coming. And every night, so many people, well, thousands actually, came and gave their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because the churches banded together to reach that area for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that area is so special to me because sometime years ago, actually, I don't want to think how many years ago, <laughs> I, I used to have long wavy hair. <laughs> now I've just got the beach. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 the tide's going out. <laughs> got the same problem. But yeah, well, you don't put the second class you know, furniture, marble tops on second class furniture. Do you? There you <laughs> go. That's right. It's a nice way well, of I've got it. the problem too. So, But uh, the thing is that, uh, you know, just joining together makes all the difference. And when you see, uh, you know, those because Moldova is right next to Ukraine, and uh, Romania, you know, it's a volatile area. But those, they just want to reach people for the Lord. That that passion was there. And, Neil, that's what we need in Australia today, have that renewal of passion. I think of our Lord Jesus Christ looking out over Jerusalem and weeping, say, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And see, that's what we've lost in Australia today, that passion to reach our nation for Christ. And the next question that comes from a thought like that is, how do you get the passion back? Or maybe you've never had the sort of passion you're talking about. And you might say, how do you get that passion? Is this an individual thing? Is it contagious once one person gets this sort of passion? Do others then say, oh, that's the sort of passion I think we need to be unified and to plan and to organize and to reach out in a determined way? How do you see that? Well, we've we've banded this a lot, but it's it's one word, revival. I need, you need, we all need revival. Like Gypsy Smith, the old English evangelist, uh, Gypsy converted Gypsy, he he said uh, he drew a circle of, on the on the floor with chalk, and he stood in the circle. He said, "God, start a revival and start it in the circle." So if it starts with me, if it starts with you and others, which we join together, but 
revival is falling in love with Jesus over and over again. And that's why we've got to be, be informed into, the, into Christ-likeness. That's the whole key to it. And if we were to be like that in Australia, as believers, we'd start to see real change. There's got the only answer to the nation today, and I know we've got political needs, we've got all the other needs, in the, but the real answer is the gospel because it changes people's hearts. Uh, when we were in Tasmania years ago, uh, a, a young boy uh, came to the no, sorry, it was in Melbourne. Boy came to the Lord, and uh, if we could have reached him, uh, you know, a few weeks earlier, would have saved court costs and detention fees because he was on a stabbing charge. But he gave his life to Christ. That made all the difference. You see, it's got to be a change in people's hearts, and that only happens through the gospel and the working of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. <sighs> It's a wonderful thing to hear of the need for revival. Um, This year in particular, Bill, uh, there's been all sorts of news that's been coming out of various nations around the world. Uh, People saying there's a move of God. And, uh, you know, the Asbury uh, revival a little earlier. I'm going to be talking to someone tomorrow on this program in this time slot uh, who has uh, had a revival in his church. He says it's been going on for five years. Mm. So this uh, this is pretty amazing stuff that we'll talk about tomorrow. Um, But places like the Philippines, I've heard of breakthrough there. I've heard of places like Uganda where there's been a move of God. There's even some whispers that things like this are happening in Australia too. What's your perception, Bill? You've got a team. You've got an ear to the ground. You're listening. Is there a hint of a move of God um, that might be coming here in Australia, or are we still a long way away? I saw the the movie, uh, went to see it, uh, and I'm so glad nobody was with me about Greg Laurie and uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know the, the movie that's just come out. <clears throat> and I was just weeping like a little kid, you know, <laughs> because... Uh, I just when I saw all those people, I was there in some of those scenes, not those scenes, but uh, I was working with an evangelist in Los Angeles, and uh, at the end of the day, he said, we're going to have a bus here on Saturday morning to take you down to the beach, and we'll baptize, you see. And we baptized hundreds of young people, and Greg Laurie's just done the same thing recently. Thousand, I think about 4,000 people, they baptized at that, you know, what's it, uh, Pirate's Beach. Uh, and so many, look, it can happen anywhere. Like R.A. Torrey, the old evangelist, used to say, if we start doing what God tells us to do, we can have revival. And, of course, that's the Jesus Revolution mm-hmm. movie you're talking about. Yep. And uh, you might think that when those sorts of movies hit our cinemas, uh, there actually is an increase in people's thoughts about, well, what maybe this spiritual spirituality is all about. Mm. Uh, so for listeners, yes, the Jesus Revolution movie, the story of uh, Greg Laurie and the Jesus people. Yeah. Um, you know, your your history goes back uh-huh. a, a fair way. I said you've been an evangelist for 40-plus years, yeah. and we've known each other a long, long time too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can remember what things were like. 40, 30, 20 years ago. Um, How do you get a contrast? What it was like then, what it's like now? Is there, how do you reflect on difference? Well, they were the glory days. They really were. We we got a tent that held, say, 1,500 people. It got too small because it just got longer and longer and and wider and wider. And we're in Perth and uh, a, a, a woman and her son gifted us one of the Disney on Parade tents. And it held over 6,000 people. 
And so we started to take that around Australia as well and ended up in Canberra outside Parliament House. And, of course, we couldn't pull it down because we had drenching rain and you couldn't get a truck onto the the, uh, lawn or anything, so they'd all get bogged. So we just had to leave it sit there for for months before we could pull it down. But they were the glory days and uh, all the churches came together. It was a marvellous time. But then, you know, we've gone back into our little rabbit burrows and, uh, you know, and we've got to learn to start working together for the cause of Christ, you know. Uh, you know, yes, have your own local distinctives, but there's times where we need to join hands together uh, to reach people for Christ. And things are different today because you've got an internet connectedness, yep. you've got social media, and uh, there's big evangelism efforts going on yeah. online as well. Yeah. Um, is there a difference between what happens online and what happens face-to-face or in a stadium with an evangelist up on the platform? Is, is it different when someone has a connection to Christ? Yeah. It's, it's not either or, but it's both and. It's, it's radio. It's beach missions. It's, it's tracks. It's uh, you know, personal evangelism. It's, it's proclamation evangelism. Any way we can get the gospel out there, we've got to get the gospel out how many times did I hear it, Neil, and you hear it before the penny dropped? And so we've got to keep working at this all the time. You know, evangelism is sowing and reaping, and we've got to do a lot of sowing in our nation. That's why uh, Vision Christian Radio is so key to it all, because we're sowing seeds all the time. But whether it's a track, we send out thousands of tracks through our ministry, and I'm so glad that people are just using tracks to share the gospel. In fact, we've just developed an Academy for Evangelism on our, from our website. And that people can go there and they can learn how to lead people to Christ. There's another section there as to how to be better fitted to share Christ. And, uh, you know, so many things there where we can really be used by the Lord to better fit us because it's, it's educating ourselves. The Lord spent those years with the disciples. And we've, we, it's, it's pure laziness if we just don't take time to learn verses and leading questions so we can lead people to Jesus Christ. You know, there's so many ways, but every one of us, you know, we're called to be witnesses just to share the reality, and everybody can give a testimony. Just write it down and uh, share your testimony of what Jesus Christ has done for us in our lives. Well, there might be listeners thinking that Academy for Evangelism sounds good. Check Bill's website, BNM. That stands for Bill Newman Ministries, bnm.org.au. Bill is our guest. He's in studio. Our talkback line is open. So 1-800-316-316. Bill, we mentioned you're just back from Fiji and the stadiums there filled with Fijian people. Um, give us a little impression here. Um, you know, paint us a picture. I mean, uh, how many people in the stadium? Uh, what happens when you give an altar call? Um, what's happening with people? Because you've got you've got people who are ready to follow up. Give us some insight here. I think the uh, the uh, people of uh, Fiji in the South Pacific are going to lead the choirs of heaven uh, because we had fabulous music. You know, it was, I guess that's why I like going to these places because uh, particularly the South Pacific, the music is fantastic, and we've always worked hard with music. You know, music spearheads the gospel. And I think William Booth said, why should the devil have all the good music, you see? So that's why we use a lot of good music. We had uh, Pat Morgan and uh, Darren Brown and local music there. It was a fabulous time. Uh, but um, then it's, it's, it's simply presenting the gospel, and it's a great
great challenge. You know, um, when you preach the gospel, you've got to do it with simplicity, uh, you know, because uh, people to, to understand. I'm so grateful, Neil, in a way that uh, when I came to the Lord, my family weren't believers at that time. And it gives you an insight as to how a non-Christian thinks. And uh, so we've got to get into that mind. So when we're presenting the gospel, I think of D.L. Moody, uh, the great old uh, evangelist. Before he really became an evangelist, he would pack a pew. He'd take people to church. He said, now I'm going to bring people to church. And he's sitting amongst non-Christians listening to the message. And I think that's what made him the evangelist that he became, because he could hear the preacher through the ears of those who are sitting next to him. And that's what we it's not what we say, it's what they hear. So we have to work hard at our message. Paul says that I might preach it clearly. And that, that and I ask God all the time, Lord, help me to present it clearly. So every night, you know, we might come through different doors. It might be in the home and family, it might be through youth, or it might be through some other thing. But uh, always, like Spurgeon used to say, make a beeline to the cross because it's the cross that makes all the difference, the cross work of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, that, that's – and then, of course, giving the invitation. Now, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate about, you know, giving a, a, an open invitation to come forward and receive Christ. But really, uh, it's just mass evangelism is just a platform for personal evangelism putting people into a situation where we can share with them one-on-one. And that's why we train counsellors beforehand, how to lead people to Christ. And I think that's the legacy that we're going to leave with the churches in years to come, where so many people have been trained as to how to lead people to Christ. And once they know how to do it, they say, yeah, I can do that, I can do that. And that you, you, I call them blooding them, you know. <laughs> like, you, know <laughs> you, you blood them so that they, they get a taste for it, and then they're away. And look, there's no joy in this world like leading someone to Christ. So uh, once they get that, they start to enjoy that, and they realize they can do it. Uh, they're away. So that's the. And then, of course, it's the follow up. And uh, we produce literature, the Welcome to the Family books, and things like that. But it's it's not a program; it's a person. We've got to get people one on one. How many people worked with you and with me to disciple? It's, it's turning decisions into disciples. And that's where John Seifkes, he works with us, he comes from Tasmania, but he's absolutely brilliant in this area. He worked with navigators for many years, and uh, he's been such a help to us through the years of discipling those who have come right through for the Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not new. It's what the Lord spoke to the masses. And, uh, you know, Paul spoke to the masses and uh, others as well. So uh, Peter spoke to the masses. So it, it's, but it's getting them into that one-to-one situation. It's not new. And as you say, there's a pattern even throughout the history of the church mm. that you would have some mass yeah. outreach evangelism. But I think what might be enlightening for some listeners is it's not just about the non-believer mm. who turns up there and saying, what's all this about? I'm interested in a bit of spirituality, but I'm not sure about all this Christianity. But it's also about this dimension of discipleship. It's the art of the invitation. Mm. Um, it's Andrew and yeah. uh, from, the, from the scriptures. It's, it's that preparation that goes into the heart of that individual that says, I'm going to be learning to share my faith personally. As you say, not just a mass evangelism, but it's actually the mass evangelism that facilitates the personal evangelism because each one of those in the follow-up team, they're the ones who are working hard then to actually win that soul. 
Yeah, and, and I, th- I think with the gift of the evangelist is is that uh, that desire to get people to step across the line. Uh, you know, we often see today. I think we're evangelical, but we're not evangelistic. And I think that's that's the problem that we've got in our churches today. We're saying, where is the church today in Australia? And and really, whether it's conservative or charismatic, uh, the key is to preach the gospel to a verdict, and uh, and and you know, ask people to do that. And you know, even even with all of our, uh, we're we're recording our our church services these days. Well, why not at the end of every message, in in, in when we're you know, it's going out to so many people, just bring a little uh, you know, clip at the end. Say, look, uh, maybe this message has spoken to you. I've been speaking about the home today, but maybe you need uh, to have you know, uh, the uh, your home needs Christ. Why don't you just pray with me now and receive Christ? Or, or look, get in touch with us. We'd love to talk. Just give a gospel shot at the end of that. Think evangelistically. Uh, you know, when you get up in the morning, Lord, you know, just give me the ability to just meet with someone today. Deal Moody, the great evangelist, he, he would every day say, God, give me someone to speak to today. And oftentimes you'd go to bed at nine and he'd say, oh, no, I forgot to speak to someone today. He'd get out of bed, he'd go down, down to the street, find somebody, share with them the Lord Jesus Christ, and then go home and go to bed, you see. He had that passion. You see, the, it's that desire there. And that's what we've got to reinstill. That's just this, this thing about revival. I need it. You need it. We all need it. Not long out from news, Bill, but desire mm. uh, for the evangelist up in front of the crowds. Yeah. Uh, you might even say uh, the pastor up in front of the church. You might even say the person who's at the party and uh, all of a sudden the conversation turns to Christian things. That desire, is there a special skill you need to be able to identify how to connect with the desire of people? It's something that God places in your heart. I had an electrical business years ago and, you know, going okay, but I had that. I said, Lord, I'm, this is not where I want to be. I want to get out and I want to preach your word. That that passion has to be there to do it. But it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, have, have the, the joy of sharing Christ with, you know, a number of people or just one-on-one, uh, you know, it, and, and I think that's where the, the desire has to be, you know, where you, you see somebody and, and they have a winsomeness about us. You see, we're the good news guys. We've got a message of good news. It's not a doom and gloom, but it, it's it's a message of hope. Yes, there's got to be repentance. Yes, there's got to be trust in Christ. But it's 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 a great. We've got. The, but of course, you have to tell the bad news before you tell the good news. You know. But it's it's uh, and it's the the bad news that makes the good news good news. You know, when we share, uh, you know, the need for you know we're sinners in the sight of a holy God. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's very exciting when you have that passion in your heart. You want to reach people for Christ. People often don't like to talk about the bad news, uh, I guess the sinful nature, because somehow they feel like they're treading on toes. Uh, they may be feeling like people will see them as, you know, coming with a, a bad message or condemnation. We're going to continue our conversation. We're talking about the spirituality of Aussies right now with Australia's best known and most loved evangelist, Bill Newman, who's been treading the boards as an evangelist for more than 40 years here in Australia and overseas. No stranger to stadiums full of people Eager to hear the timeless gospel message He's just back from a successful campaign in Fiji This weekend he's headed to Tasmania 
Bill Newman's Come Together celebration in conjunction with local leaders at Camp Clayton in Alveston. You'll be able to check Bill's website for all the details about how to get there and uh, what time to arrive. That's bnm.org.au. But we're checking the pulse and talking about a spirituality. Is there an openness of Australians today, even compared to what things were like 20 or 30 years ago? 1-800-316-316. Bill Newman is our guest. Hey, Bill, uh, you've got a really good association with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, yeah. and uh, you actually travel around the world and are a part of the support team in that sense uh, yeah. for what's going on with Will Graham and yeah. uh, Crusades. What's coming up with Will Graham? Well, it's exciting. Um, well, what is it? Um, it's in September. September we're going to Brazil, and uh, that's going to be an exciting time. My, my job is to, I guess because I'm a multi-timer now, to level on the team. I give the devotions, and they're big on the devotions every morning. God's got to do, got more to do in us than through us, okay? So we work hard at the devotions every morning for the team, and then I'm to, there too as a, if there's a spin-off meeting that needs to be taken, I can do that. Or if, if you know, just uh, unfortunately it has never happened, that we'll be sick or something like that, so they've got to stand in, you see. So that, that's basically... Basically, what we do, but uh, the exciting news for Australia is that Will and we're praying a lot about this. We had a breakfast on the Gold Coast, uh, had Will there to speak to everybody. Pastors got together. Uh, Neil, it was an exciting time, and we we feel that, um, and it still has to be locked in. But it looks like next year in the beautiful big auditorium down there, we're going to look at seeing all the churches together coming together because, you know, the Gold Coast is like a, I call it a string of pearls, all these different uh, suburbs along the way. But they were so keen. The excitement in that room, Neil, was wonderful to see those pastors saying, yes, let's do this. Let's join hands together to reach the Gold Coast for Christ. And uh, this is going to be another wonderful example. We saw the same thing in Hobart. We saw the same thing in Launceston. Uh, Will is very, very received in Australia. He, he's he's got a genuineness to him. I've I've seen him. Uh, he's is what you see is what you get. Here, but he relates very very well to the Australians. So uh, we're very excited about it, actually. So the Gold Coast and the plan is for next year. Mm. There's still some basic details coming together. Mm. But there's a plan for a citywide, and you might even say, because the Gold Coast is a little bit of a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Because people will travel from around the nation to be a part of something on the Gold Coast yeah. because you can almost combine that with a you know a nice little getaway at the same time. But oh, if yeah. you can be involved yeah. in evangelism, yeah. if you can bring the family, if you can invite friends, uh, the Gold Coast is a very special place to be able to have some sort of an event like this. It's, yeah. not, it's not out in the middle of nowhere where people are going to be sitting on a wooden seat and in the <laughs> yeah. dust and yeah. brushing the flies away. Yeah. Actually, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty spectacular spot for having this sort of outreach. And what you've just said is, look parents do that you should be on the promotions team because this was this because if if the young people can see the holy spirit working in power because that's what happens when you have these combined evangelistic events 
there's an intensity of prayer. Prayer is the key to evangelism. And so uh, there'll be a lot of prayer going up. But when, when the, the children and the young people come in, they bring them in, bring them for a holiday, yeah, but be with them over the weekend, they will see God working and it will dramatically change their lives. And, uh, you know, hopefully even their own families will go forward and give their lives to Christ. But th- this, is, this is the need, just a simple proclamation of the, event, uh, of the, of the gospel. And uh, we're, so we'd ask people right now, look, please, Pray, because we believe that this can really change the whole of the Gold Coast and the spin-offs will reverberate around Australia. Bill, if we're talking about how you might assess, uh, check the pulse, uh, the spirituality of Australians, uh, there was some recent research from the McCrindle organisation, wonderful social researchers, and uh, you know there's some wonderful Christian foundations in that organisation. But they came up with some things, and I'll get your thoughts here. Uh, They're saying that one of the things that's a distraction from uh, Australians and their spirituality and their acceptance of the gospel is that there is a saturation in entertainment, uh, that people are incredibly busy today, that there is so much distraction. And rather than following individuals like like evangelists, uh, people are following influencers Mm -hmm. in their social media. What are your thoughts about about that, that that idea of a saturation in entertainment? It's almost pushing the gospel aside. Yeah, well, these guys, the Kindle Group, they do a great job in in feeling the pulse of the country. Uh, just backing up a little, when we had the COVID thing came through, did you notice that so many people, when the threat of maybe you know dying and you know everybody's lining up for miles, getting tested, and I might die, and you know, so there was a turning to God, and I found it so easy to talk about the Lord in, in, those, uh, in that COVID period because they were really open, you know, what if I did die? Yeah, well, what if, where are you going up or down? Yeah, I was on lift one time and uh, <laughs> I was, you know, back in the back of the lift and someone was controlling the buttons. I said, press the top one, press the right through to heaven. <laughs> That's a good I said, one you're either going up or down, you know. <laughs> so you can, you can share a witness anywhere you can, you know. But, uh, you know, let, let's uh, really examine this because, you know, and see where people are really at. You know, I, 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 I'm getting the stage now where I'm just shutting down from media because I'm not listening to God. And I think that's what we're doing as, as Christians. We're hearing all these voices coming at us all the time and it's driving us to, the, to distraction. But there might be something in that, and there might be something we really have to uh, pay attention to. And every individual is responsible for their own distractions and uh, those ones who make time for those things that are important. Hey, we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Carol is in New South Wales. Hi, Carol. Welcome. Yes, thank you for the wonderful opportunity. God bless you, my brothers. Yes, that song resonates in my heart. Oh, how I love Jesus. Uh You know, that wonderful song, because he first loved me. And I think we must... I'm 73, going on 21. And I think we must... (laughs) Good for you. We must keep our heart tender and soft. And uh, keeping in the presence of our Lord... And saviour in I'm widowed thirty five years, so I keep myself in in prayer a day and night and in the Word of God. And every time I go out, I say, Jesus, open a door for me that I may speak 
to someone about your great love for them. And he does. And I bring many one-to-one to the Lord, and then I disciple them and put them in churches. But uh, the fields are wide under harvest, uh. but the laborers are few. So if we love Jesus, how how can we not? I sit there sometimes and see in the shopping center, masses go by. I say in my heart, Lord, how many of these know you? How many of these have been witnessed to? And I pray, Lord, may the Christians have a love for you that they may go out and win the lost at any cost. And I was, I, I came through the Billy Graham teaching program back in the 60s, and that was wonderful. And R.A. Torrey's book on, um, uh, it, it's a sick book about labor. Uh, yeah, how to work for Christ, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, de- and, and, and Moody. Well, my late husband, he's been in heaven 34 years now, and he was older than me. And I was his second wife, and uh, he was a friend of Billy Graham, and also Bill Bright and Mumford and all these oh, other yeah. uh-huh. wonderful men. Uh-huh. And uh, and and he was my late husband was a great evangelist, and he taught me much. But thank God for the work you're doing, brother. Oh, God, you, Carol, you're my kind of gal. <laughs> you know, you just get out there and you do it. You don't talk about it. You just get out and do it. And that's yeah. the whole thing. Get it into your mind. Now, today, I'm going to set aside time uh, to go out and and, uh, just be open to God leading me to someone that I can share Christ with. Uh, uh, Carol, let me just read. This is Anne Graham Lotz, uh, Billy Graham's uh, uh, daughter, and she says this about revival, and it's a beautiful thing. Write exactly what you're talking about. She says, personal revival is Jesus in you, around you, through you, under you, over you, before you, and behind you. Personal revival is just Jesus. Jesus on your mind, Jesus filling mm. your heart, and Jesus mm. overflowing from your lips. Carol, keep up the wonderful work that you're doing for the Lord, and uh, God bless you. Do, do so, love. Carol, Thank I think so uh, if we could clone you, we should. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh, just wonderful. Uh, Carol, <laughs> wonderful to hear from you. And uh, let's, you know, there's a takeaway in mm. these things Carol's sharing mm. keeping a heart. Tender and yeah, soft, yeah. an interesting way yeah. to describe that. And yeah. uh, the prayer each day, Jesus opened the door. Yeah. And I'm wondering, Bill, um, do you nurture an attitude like that? Where does that sort of nurturing come from? I mean, she's mentioned that there's some personal connections yeah, there to yeah, some yeah. well-known yeah, evangelists. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Anyone can nurture this, so yeah, yeah. We all, and she's absolutely. See, the older we get, we can become bitter and cynical. I always say, you know, and we've all had hurts. I say, don't nurse your hurts, don't curse your hurts, don't rehearse your hurts. You've got to reverse your hurts because hurts will make you bitter or better. So it's important to keep our, our heart sweet with the Lord, you know. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it come the issues of life. But uh, if I can, Neil, um, if, if the Apostle Paul were with us right now and he's looking at us and he's saying, look, uh, he would say this to us. Now, it's found in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Constantly uh, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant uh, with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying, this is what Carol was saying, meanwhile praying also for us that God will open a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I might manifest it, uh, that I uh, that I might, might, sorry, 
that I might make it manifest as I ought to speak. So that's the first thing. Firstly, pray properly. See, it's nothing's going to happen unless we pray. So it's got to start in prayer. Second, notice this. Walk in wisdom towards those who are on the outside, redeeming the time. Second thing, live properly. Okay, pray properly, live properly. You know, there's a lot of Christians that are like, uh, you know, I call them porcupine Christians. They've got a lot of good points, but you can't get near them. Okay, so live properly with a winsomeness about us, you know, live properly. And then to notice this last verse, let your speech always be with grace, you see, season with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So speak properly. So what are they again? We're to, we're to pray properly, live properly, live properly, and speak, speak properly. properly. That's the Apostle Paul. If we want to share Christ, you know, we've got to pray. It's got to start with prayer. But then the way we live day by day lets people see that there's a change in our life. We're, we're changed people. And then to, of course, we're to speak properly. Speak with, 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 you know, have a graciousness about us. That word grace means to be gracious. And, uh, you know, not to be hard, and but just to come on in a gracious, loving way in presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's take another call. Bernadette is in Kingston in South Australia. Hey, Bernadette, welcome along. Hi, how are you, Neil? Good morning. Good. Look, yes, I just wanted to, it just reminded me, talking about revival and that, this was quite a few years ago when the charismatic revival was happening, and I went to Wayville in um Wayville in Showground in South Australia and Reinhard Bonke was speaking it's the first time I'd heard him that was it for me I heard him and um, my dad used to get the magazines and everything and I just had a fire for evangelism after that and then just like it was just burning in me and then and something happened and it died and it's come back again and then I heard Greg Laurie on you know on the Christian radio and then it got fired up and so I contacted the um, Word Bookshop and got little tracks from them and started giving them out. And then another minister was on your program from Baptist and Tracks Free. Um, yep. So I got tracks Vince from him. Wall. So I, Vince I, Wall in, uh, that, in right. Newcastle. That's correct. And, and I got tracks from him. And so I give them out. And also I give the magazine the Word for Today out. And I tell the young people about Vision Radio as well and they can plug in, you know, go into the apps and things like that. And I've just got a heart for young people. Um, done a teen, I work with Teen Challenge and things like that in the past. And, and so, yeah, I just I think there's a harvest out there and it's walking in love and just coming alongside people. And then the Lord just opens the door to share the gospel um, as we come alongside and I just say, Lord, where do you want me to go today? It might be going down to the park, it might be going down to the beach, um, whatever it is, whatever he wanted me to do, I would just say, Lord, I'm willing and I'll go wherever you want me to go. He's taken me to North Korea in the past, in China. Wow. And underground church twice, yeah. And then after that, he said, because you went, I didn't want to go once to North Korea, and I said, well, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And he said, because you went there, uh, he took me to um, Israel twice and, and I went to Jordan. I went with the Christian radio, um, on, you know, vision, and I yeah. went with another prayer group. So God's just been there, you know, 
Bernadette, you're another one we'd clone. (laughs) (laughs) Just fabulous. Bill, your thoughts for Bernadette? Well, Bernadette, you're living a life of adventure. (laughs) And that's what the Christian life should be, not a, you know, doom and gloom. Adventure. And God's opening a door after door after door because we're asking him, you know, and we've just been reading from Colossians where open a door, a fictional door for us. And uh, that's what we've got to be doing. Look, God bless you, love. Mm -hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm so thrilled. I think what you're doing is wonderful too. And I think we need to hear, we need to hear people like you speak because there's, as you said, there's so much doom and gloom. We think what's happening in Australia and and you're really inspiring, Bill, um, going out, reaching these people. You're doing a terrific job and I'll just keep holding up my prayers because you're just doing a wonderful work for the Lord. So God bless you. And and the same with Neil. I mean, oh, he's yeah. just, He's doing a terrific job on yeah. the radio. So yeah. Oh, bless you, love. Thank you. Thank you, Bernadette. We've got to encourage each other all the time. God bless you, love. <laughs> uh, Bernadette in Kingston in South Australia. Hey, time's now running short, Bill. Um, let me just, let's just, you know, draw some loose ends together, but perhaps around a thought like this. Uh, for listeners who are thinking, well, checking the pulse, uh, people know that we're a much more secular nation than we were 20, 30 years Mm -hmm. ago. Um, But there's, again, a little bit of research that suggests that when people are busy and distracted and they might be following influences mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they're following all sorts of things that are actually meaningless when you start to boil down what they are all about, uh, the thought that there might be a counter trend to that sort of busyness, distraction and, and the following of influences because... There's no meaning in it, and there may be a counter trend in the search for wisdom uh, and meaning. Any thoughts here as to whether that might be a preemptor for what we're talking about as revival? Yeah, I'll, I'll look, uh, I, I, we're seeing all these, but really, I've never sensed, uh, and before COVID, that, you know, we we're such a secular nation and it's getting harder, and of course, all the other things that are coming in, and you can be defeated. I've never seen an openness like I'm seeing today. And I think this is our time. Uh, you know, I, I think of Wesley and, and Whitfield, how that they changed the whole of England, our freedom in Australia, directly attributed to those guys because they just kept preaching the gospel up and down England and the whole of England turned to God. France went through the bloodbath of the French Revolution with Voltaire and his humanism and atheism. But Neil, it's only the gospel. Get back to the gospel. Encourage each other to just keep proclaiming the gospel, whether it's publicly or privately, or you know, and and live it too. We've got to see the gospel in shoe leather. Get out there and and make sure that we're we're living it as 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 well as proclaiming it, and people will see the difference in our lives. So as things look more secular, it might even be a little more dangerous because you might come into some criticisms if you start to open your mouth and say, "I'm a Christian." And uh, you've got a proclamation of the gospel. Mm. Uh, there might be a little bit of a more difficult time ahead, but I think what we can all hear uh, your saying and what might be coming through in the conversation today is that, yes, there is a search for meaning. Yep. And when people realize that all of the things that they're being force fed, yep. uh, either through media or government propaganda or whatever it might be, yeah. yep. uh, there is going to be a search for what is the reality what's the meaning and when that search is on people are open to the gospel we've got the answer and we've got to get it out the truth we've got the truth and the truth is urgent 
So let's let's get going with the gospel and uh, sharing Jesus Christ. Okay, Bill, you're off to Tasmania this weekend. The Bill Newman's Come Together celebration. You're at Camp Clayton in Ulverston. You've been there before. What would people expect if you're in Tassie? Uh, Friday night is youth night. And if you between nine and ninety nine, you just squeeze in on youth night. Saturday night is um, is family night. Sunday night is the church together. So we want to really see something happening. There'll be lots of things happening. Great music, good news. There'll be uh, sausage sizzles and a whole lot of fun down there. And uh, look, people praying for us. We look, we'd be so grateful. Uh, the end of August, we're in the Solomon Islands. Uh, September, we're with Will Graham in, in Brazil. Uh, and uh, I think in uh, November, we're in Sri Lanka. So, uh, And then looking forward to next year, we're looking to go back to Fiji, to Suva, and uh, other places as well. But uh, it's just the gospel. Let's get the gospel out while we've got time now. And uh, just this weekend, when you're in Tassie, uh, when you're doing these international engagements, uh, you've got your team that travels with you. You've got Pat Morgan and uh, Pastor Darren Brown. The music you you talk about is uh, is pretty fabulous. Uh, are they coming with you to Tasmania Absolutely, this weekend? They yeah, are. Yeah, yep. they, they, uh, they'd be in trouble if they didn't let, if I didn't let them come. You know, <laughs> people they're, might be thinking you'll be singing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, go for it, guys. I just they can take over and get going. You know. Uh, Darren certainly can. He's a great preacher, so you know he could he could do the whole thing. See, you're understudy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he surpassed me well and truly. I tell you. And I imagine that I mean, you know, uh, succession plans aside, uh, you know, you've probably had over the years a lot of people who've said, you know, I'm just going to get alongside Bill. I'm going to learn all I can because you know maybe one day yeah. um, I'll have the opportunity to be able to speak to groups like that too. And uh, and so I imagine when you're doing an academy for evangelism that people can find out about on your website, uh, yeah. that's the way to to be training to be an evangelist in whatever form that takes. That Academy for Evangelism is a fabulous um, you know, a website. I've got all these uh, speakers there speaking on different topics to do with evangelism. It's totally free, Neil. There's no paywall there. They can just come in there. It's all free. How to lead people to Christ, how to nurture people for Christ, how to disciple them for Christ. There's enormous material there, that Academy for Evangelism. I've been working it for some time. Uh, Toss Sturgis has put it together for us. He's done a brilliant job. And uh, just go there. It's first class all the way. And uh, if anything that you want to know about evangelism and how to skill yourself in evangelism, it's all there. That's free. The Bill Newman uh, Ministries website, bnm.org.au, bnm.org.au. Bill, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us once again today on 2020. Well, God bless you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 